So today we're talking about, we're continuing on rebuilding. Somebody say rebuilding. Rebuilding. Raising up. up. Repairing. Repairing. And restoring. restoring. Say it again. Rebuilding. Read it there. What does it say? Isaiah 58 verse 12 is our main verse. The New King James Version reads, Those from among you shall build the old waste, the the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. The NIV reads, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations and you will be called repairer of the broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. We said that the book of Isaiah, we know it was written by Isaiah, the son of Amos, A-M-O-Z, not Amos. And his name, just like our African names, had a historical and prophetic significance because the name Isaiah means the Lord saves. Isaiah was buried and had two sons, Shejahut and Maher Shalal Hajbaz. You find that in 1 Samuel chapter 7 and 1 Samuel chapter 8. Most of his life he spent in Jerusalem and had his greatest influence during the era where King Hezekiah was ruling. Many of us know about King Uzziah. It was actually Isaiah at that time who wrote much about the reign of King Uzziah. So we credit him with the history of King Uzziah. When he wrote these books and when he was leading, it was during a stormy period wherein the children of Israel were under the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrians were trying to expand their territory. And Israel, on the other hand, because of their disobedience to God, they were declining rapidly. The theme right through the book of Isaiah unveils the full dimensions of God. God being a God who judges, but at the same time a God who brings salvation. I was telling them, Mawane, that I'm doing a study now, uh, Muruti Pizzo, of these two dimensional things that always flow in the Bible, you know, the spirit and the law, the word and the spirit. And, uh, and then you have the, 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 the first anointing and the double-fold anointing. There's always these things that seem to go together. And so it was with the ministry of Isaiah that much as he warned people about God's judgment. He also told Israel that if you will listen to God, God will redeem you. In fact, in chapter 1 verse 2, he says, you holy Israel, God will punish you because you are rebellious. Then in chapter 41, he says, after what, God will redeem you. So throughout the book, God's judgment is referred to and they use the word fire to refer to it. But then he says, after the fire, in chapter 14, God will have compassion on his people. That talks about that side of God. And God will rescue you, and in him rescuing you, it will not only be spiritually, but even politically, God will rescue you. 
And when God rescues you, it will be like he is bringing you out of slavery like an exodus. So it will be like the second exodus as God redeems you and saves you. So from Isaiah 58 to Isaiah 66, God is promising his people everlasting deliverance. But at the same time, he says, if you don't listen, judgment will come. So in the chapter we are reading, Isaiah is telling people about false worship. God is warning his people, don't engage in false worship. Even when you fast, I don't understand why you fast the way you do because you violate every rule in the book. And then he says, look, if you will do right, if you will order your things right, if you will fast the right way and you will engage in true worship, this is what I promise I'll do to you. Verse 10 says, your light will rise in the darkness. See, when we obey God, your light will rise in darkness. And he says, not only that, and your night will become like noonday. That's just the character of God. When we turn to him, immediately God goes into action to change the story of our lives. Then he says in verse 11, not only will that happen, the Lord will guide you always. You will no longer walk around groping around in darkness trying to second guess God's will for your life. You'll never go through a period when the word of the Lord is not there. You know, when you read the Bible, it's very sad in certain times of history. How Bala and the prophet says, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And then he says, and there were no visions and there's no, there were no dreams. It's a sad thing, Barcelona, when we go into a time when even the presence of God seems to be withdrawn from us. That we can come to church and we can go through a religious experience and never encounter the power of God. But God wants us to have an encounter. And he says, you won't grow up around in darkness. He will guide you always. Not only will he guide you always, he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. In other words, even if everything around you is dark, and you are in a place where everything is dark, God will sustain you. And then he says he will strengthen your frame. What a blessing to have a strong body, to have a healthy body. Oh, Bazalana, I mean, Bazalana. Says God will strengthen your frame. Some of you you don't know. There's a, there's an added benefit of serving God. It's called a healthy and strong body. And God says I will strengthen your frame. And then He says you will be like a well watered garden. You'll be like a spring whose waters never fail. And then He comes to our text. He says because of all of that your people will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the age-old foundations. They will be called the repairer of the broken walls and the restorer of the streets with dwelling. Now we know as we read the Bible, even though God is talking to natural Israel, but prophetically the significance of it applies to the, all, all of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. That means that our role as people, we're going to play a significant role in our families, in our communities, in our nations. It means, Basalan, the experience of having God come through in our lives, being the people whose light shines in darkness, when we hear the voice of God, us being a well-watered garden, us the, receiving the anointing and the power. All of these things don't just happen for our sake and our sake only. God wants what we are experiencing to start touching people around us. He says, you will rebuild. You will repair. You will build up and you will restore. Look at your neighbor and say, rebuilding, raising up, repairing, restoring. 
We've already talked about rebuilding. Last week, you talked about, uh, yeah, it was a different, I didn't talk about raising up, but he, it was a powerful sermon as well. Hey, Bishop Freddy, shabababababa. Today, I want to talk about repairing the bridge. All of this, the reason we do it is because the power of God is on us. Your, your experience of God is not meant to be locked away in your own personal cupboard. You are not to personally experience God mean not just one car. God's goal is that when he touches you, you become aware that he wants to touch other people through you. The expression repairer of the bridge literally means repairer of the broken mound or mound, M-O-U-N-D. This phrase literally means to be a fortifier of the bridge, not bridge, but bridge, B-R-E-A-C-H. It was quite interesting as I was studying this, it just came to my mind, by the way, you know, that uh, this expression is used even in the, in the corporate sector, you know. God says we will be ones who will build up the bridge. We talk about the bridge of contract. The bridge of contract. God says we will build up the bridge. A bridge is when a wall ends up having a gap in it. So we will be the fortifiers of the bridge. Because a bridge is made up of a wall. It's a wall of the city. And it has a bridge or a gap in it. Either through the lapse of time, the wall became tired and started falling. Or through siege or attack. So a bridge, therefore, is a gap in the wall. Know this. In times of warfare or in agriculture, a bridge became a place where the enemy would come in and destroy what was in the cities. Because cities of older days had walls built around them. And it was the responsibility of the people to ensure that there is no gap in the wall. It doesn't get broken or attacked by the enemy. Because walls were meant to keep the citizens safe inside the walls, but to exclude the enemy outside the walls. But anytime there would be a weak spot, it would give rise to the enemy coming in. But not only would the enemy come in through the bridge or the broken wall, even the sheep that are inside would get lost as they leave the city through the broken wall. Therefore, being a repairer of the bridge is a very important thing. Because even when floods came, if there was no wall around the cities, they would get flooded out. Therefore, being a repairer of the bridge requires us to be vigilant people. Which means when you build the wall once, you didn't just say, I have built. You had to go into inspection mode. You had to literally walk around the wall. And therefore, this bridge sometimes would require that you rebuild what was broken. Not only did you rebuild that was broken, in your rebuilding, you would strengthen where it was broken. 
So it requires strengthening of the area of the wall where the breach occurred. Are you there, Bazalon? So as we said, cities of old were surrounded by walls. And a real city was distinguished from an unwalled village. Cities were surrounded by walls. They distinguished themselves from unwalled villages. And these walls, when they were built, they were thick and strong, as we see in Numbers chapter 13. Among the Jews, their walls were built of stone. Some of those stones that even when they built the temples, they, they had big stones, they had great size. So listen to this. God uses the term wall because that must apply to us. Now, we are not building any wall around Soweto or whatever suburb you come from. However, we are to build walls. So God uses the word wall to be a metaphor. It becomes a metaphor of protection, a metaphor of security and safety. So God is saying, you've got to erect that wall and make sure that the wall is not broken. So in other words, we have to make sure that our spiritual security is not tempered with, that we are protected and we are in safety. Why? Because sometimes even when we have built, the walls we have built can have a bridge on it. So it implies the following. Number one, first and foremost, we must guard what we are building. Whatever you're building, whether it's a family, whether it's a business, whether it's a church, you must always make sure that nothing infiltrates your process. That's going to destroy what you're doing. Because there are things that enter into what we're trying to build. Let me give you an example. In our church, as we lead the church, we have certain values that we embrace. All right? We've got eight values that we have embraced. All right? And so in our building, among the many important things is people must be spiritual. They must walk with God. They must live right. They must live in holiness. All right? We, 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 don't, we are not a divisive people. We are not a disloyal people. So it means as we continue building these thousand churches, I need to make sure that we don't get pastors who come in who carry those attitudes. Because if you do that, there's a breach in the wall. And what you're doing starts getting tempered with. Some of you, you have companies where you have built your company on truth, on integrity, but then you hire somebody or a chocho. So what happens is this. There's a breach in what you're doing because you are bringing into your system a virus. And an unfortunately, an antivirus protection. And it's a virus that mutates every day. The following day, it's in a different form and you don't know how to deal with it. And God says, you've got to watch that whatever you are building, there's no breach. You can't start... Building something that has a bridge on it. You've got to obey the principles of the word. Function on the principles of the word. Make sure you don't compromise on the principles. Because if you compromise on the principles, you allow a broken wall. Yeah. You find yourself going into things you should not go into. You young people, you are raised in a home where mama hatsubi, tata hatsubi, they don't womanize, they don't manize. But then even if you are raised in a home like that, you feel like you were raised too much in safety, you want to explore. 
So what you do, you start going to these things because you feel mama le papa, their life is boring. Now I want to be lit. And what you're doing is, you are causing a crack in the wall. Yeah. Yeah. You are bringing something. You, 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 you grew up in a house of righteousness. But now you want to bring unrighteousness into your system. You're causing a crack. You're causing a crack. That is why in olden days, they used to have watchmen who would watch over the wall because watchmen were needed. And we need watchmen and watchwomen even in the spiritual realm. As you go around building, whatever God is building in your life, make sure there is no crack. There is no breach. Secondly, we must prepare, be prepared to do maintenance work or repair work on any weak areas and we must do it outright. In other words, when you see things that infiltrate what you are building, act decisively, comrade. Don't allow things to stay in what you are building that don't belong there. For instance, if there's a pastor in a church, I'm not going to pray about it. I'm going to boot him out ngok. Because we're not going to have people here We don't want to bring that into our system You don't like my sermon do you? It doesn't matter even if you don't like it Many of us we put up with things that we shouldn't put up with In the hope that it will disappear It amazes me sometimes even when I talk to our pastors About some of the churches they're running That some of the members do stuff and I asked them questions, what did you do? He said, no, Murutine, this one doesn't need prayer. Comrade, this one needs decisive action. This one means, needs confrontation. You don't even pray. You just confront. Look at your neighbor. You don't, you don't tell your neighbor, you know. In other words, we must diligently search that in the companies that we're running, we don't bring in people who bring other values. In the homes that we are raising, we don't have people who bring in other spirits. We must make sure in the friendships we are having, we don't have people who bring other things. Am I, am I talking to people here? We must diligently inspect our projects. That's why in olden days they had watchmen. So we need to diligently search and inspect our buildings. I'm not talking about us looking at problems all the time or seeing the demon behind every bush. I'm not talking about having the spirit of suspicion. Some of you, you think, you think your, your spirit of suspicion is the, is the spirit of discernment. I want discernment. You are just suspecting people. But it means when we realize that principles are being tempered with, we go into action. Decisively so, without fear or favor. And we need to be decisive and we must do it ngoku. Because if you wait, I don't know how many of you, many of you have gone, been to Hartis. I, you, 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 you've been to Hartis, I don't know how many of you realize that there's a, there's a plant that, I'm hearing the story, there's a, there's a, there's a certain plant that is actually covering the, the dam and it's growing rapidly. 
I passed there not long ago. I mean, if you can see that plant. On inquiring, I heard that somebody brought in a foreign plant from another country. Because, you know, plants have to be indigenous. If you bring a plant into an area that is not its indigenous places, there are a lot of risks. And that's why you have to even check them for pests and for hurricane. They acclimatize. This particular plant, wherever it comes from, it's under control. But here, our ecosystem it was not structured to deal with that plant. So what happens is that it grows so fast. And, you know, I've noticed now they have even given up on, on harvesting that plant. Go artists. They used to come and remove that plant, but as soon as you've removed it, the following day, it's back again. Yeah. Is that kind of a plant? Some of you, you are allowing those kind of plants into your life. Now, the thing was, they should have stopped this person at the border. At the gates. At the gates. At the city walls. They should have stopped them there. As you go through customs, they should have searched the bag. They should have said, you can't bring this into our country. But it has been allowed through the bridge. That's what happens when you allow things and you are not decisive. When you don't handle things timelessly. When you hope it will evaporate. Then you have that situation. One of the things was, It's a spirit of strive. Strive and jealousy and talking about people. In Krasola 9-9. When I meet people who are full of strife, they are argumentative. They're always talking bad about people. I don't want them in our leadership. And you can take me to court. Why? I'll tell you why. The reason we have what we have, among the many other reasons, is a quality decision we made years ago. That we're going to love people here. We're going to promote love, reconciliation, acceptance, and all of that. That's why you'll never hear me here criticize any church. I never will. I never have. I never will. Yeah. We'll be loving. We'll be genuinely loving to people. You won't find us when we sit in a meeting. Our teams are not a, a, an opposition party to me. They are not planning and scheming how to bring me down. We don't have that here. And if it's like I'm on your own, eh? we don't want you. I'll kick you out. I'm telling you, I will put an antivirus at sang so quick. Listen to me. Some of you, you allow these things into your homes. Some of you are little nyala. And you know, this hurts me so much. I see people, they grow up mountain I don't know what happens. All of a sudden, everything they knew about being married to someone who's a Christian, about the principles of premarital counseling, about living right, keeping your zipper up till after lineage. No, you are not intimidating me, Karotun. And you start a marriage with a cracked wall. Yeah. Yeah, you broke all the rules. You've already shown how to do it. 
You have a cracked foundation. And people can't figure out why they start having these serious marital problems. All the years, you know, we swear, from 14, 15, 16, you know, we swear, we swear, we swear. To wait two more years, we swear. I mean, what is it? As compared to having this plant in your family. Because you break that bridge, you've opened, I'm telling you. You will deal with that thing. You know, the reason I'm so passionate, I'm sorry, Bazalana, that I'm always hopping on this. It hurts me when I see how young people have taken to alcohol. You, you don't know what you're doing. Oh. Bazalana, our generation, we come from a background where we had fathers who were drunk all the time. We know what it is for somebody to be an alcoholic. We know what it is. We know the effects of it. Muruti, one of Muruti Omo Kimotsevang. I withdraw. I recall. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. He, even if I could have taken that name. He told me why he hates alcohol. He said, you know, go high. I used to sleep in the kitchen. And my brother Onanwa. And my father Onanwa. So both my dad and my elder brother Banwa. So when I came home, my father would be early at home. That's what ravers. Because Mood swings, Mood He says, after Asarubetsi, you know, we go through that time. Because we are Vurvai. Then I would hear the gate. Came my brother. I 12 midnight. First thing I would say, and no chicken, like a mokish in Transigator. Next thing, Dina Lelitzoy Langat. You know what to have an answer the chalet there, did you You know those people, ne? either Udichisita, Dina Lelitzoy Langata, or a papa high stayfi enough. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Maralichalata Hains, Unwila Poo. He said, I made a quality decision, Kilungwa, Nahur, Umpo Nekino. I see some of you young people, you are, you are flirting. You are flirting with alcohol. You say it's something light. It's wine. You are, fl- you are flirting. You are flirting. You are flirting with alcohol. And ladies, I'm not saying it against you. I, I don't know if you know about this uh, fetal alcohol syndrome. I don't know what you, if you understand what you're doing to your unborn baby. How mama? I don't know if you know what you're predisposing that child to. I don't know if you want that plant. I've been to communities. Mama Lambaza, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've been to communities. I know them in our country. The one community I went to, I will never forget, years ago, I was a young guy. We had a funeral. After the funeral, hey. and it was a family funeral, but rightfully as a family member, for sure. Or lagging kafasha don't have a high two, high three, or a family. 
Bazaranda, the guys there. Shapa for Shola Hai to Ajuluga, one idea of us, one Wavai, one Monor, Ote. True story, Bazaranda. My sister is here. Oh, no, 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 My sister is here. She can tell you about it. I ended up closing the grave by myself. She can tell you. No, no, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I took my jacket off. I took my tie off for one hour. Kishapa for sure. Clever, you go so it. Because my body is strong. I Yeah. That's the day I made another decision Rumpon. Rumpon kituba na orkinwa. Never. Because some of you don't realize when you get to our age, when you are supposed to be at the peak of your careers, you won't get there. You'll be so weak and there's nothing as sad as having a powerful vision and great opportunity, but your body can't take you there. Your body can't take you there because it says in the macrococrock. We ravage it. Can't touch all the Kenya more. You put in all kinds of alcohol, it's cigarette, it's sex out of marriage, is parties all night, is rough living, driving a bed. Whoa, whoa, You are allowing a bridge. Yeah. And God says, you, you will rebuild. Oh, give the Lord a hand. You will rebuild because you have a different spirit. It's not only about rebuilding your life. You will help your family to come back because of what God will have done in your life. You'll call your family together and say, and you will model the alternative way because now. Hallelujah. How is further down the line? Somebody give the Lord a shout at this. You will be a rebuilder. You think I can make Nangabe Konorera today after Shejulek Tangoyon? Gabeke Juloga, so much. Gabeke Nalidi, hi, hi. I'm telling you, Wazalana, some of you don't see the fruit of it. You don't see the fruit of it. Invest in the right things. Later on, don't be fooled by pleasure, ya onache. And foolish decision, ulata ubata uba cool, ababa cool. Utaba cool wena hoso udid. Oh, shaba baba baba baba. I know you don't like my sermon, but give the Lord a big hand in this place. Now, we're going to go a little over time as we close. Number one, what is the pattern of rebuilding? Nehemiah was a rebuilder and and I want to show you the pattern because they called him, they were trying to rebuild the wall. So Nehemiah came to help rebuild the wall and the first thing Nehemiah does that we read in Nehemiah 4 verse 13, it reads, 
I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings. I said the people according to their families. Oh, Jesus. With their swords, their spears, their bows. And I looked and I rose and I said to the nobles, to the leaders, to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord great and awesome and fight for your brother and your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. This is the picture. As they were rebuilding the wall, the enemy came. And Nehemiah says, don't be afraid. How he had put them to build the wall, he had set them according to family. So the first principle is, the first bridge that we must build, the first wall we must patch up is the wall of the family. We must take care of our families. We must build our families. I don't know how many of you realize, Satan hits families hard. Yeah. See, once family structure is broken, then society gets affected. Yeah. All these people who are doing all these things, but so are somewhere. And in us having tried to intervene in some cases, some cases, they are said because, when you check, I mean, the one case I was talking about in some other place we were trying to help, when, they, when the children were, were, were massacred in, in a ritual thing, yeah, Satanism. And there were these two girls who escaped. So we went to visit these two girls, Esbaruti, just Baruti, to follow them up. And when we got to one of the houses of these girls, we were told, Salat Amaya Hussein. I mean, it's four o'clock. Salatwa, Salatwa, eight. And I'm thinking, this young girl, how can she? But then as I looked around and I inquired, I, I found out, Horikobo Nake Taven. And it'd been Friday, the people were there the whole, the whole night. What do you do as a beautiful 14-year-old girl, 16-year-old girl with these drunk men, with their testosterone shooting out of their ears, with these lusty men? So what option do you have? You just have to be away from home. So even if you want this child to be in a home, how can you about? She learns a lot of bad things. You can't blame her. The home. We must fight for it. The Bible says, Nehemiah, put them with families. And as they were busy building, the enemy was coming. And Nehemiah said, don't stop building. Swara for solo on the one hand, swara sword on the other hand. Fight the enemy off, but don't stop building your family. As rebuilders, Bazalana, we must fight for our families. We must fight for our homes. Can I hear an amen? Make it your responsibility that God has touched you. It's not just for you. It's not just about you. God wants to use you to reach your families. Will you be the person who will reach your families? Will you be the one who will take responsibility for the rebuilding of your home? 
Will you say go higher? I know for years we've had a history of men who are struggling with alcohol. Highland, I will be the first man in this home who's not going to go down that road. Will you be in that home where you say, more feminine Yarona, we have a history of men, Bajalambana everywhere, and they don't take responsibility. Highland, now I'm going to be a different kind of man. Will you be that man in the home and say, in our family, we have a history of men who abuse their wives. Highland, now I'm not going to abuse my wife. Will you be that kind of a man? Will you be that kind of a woman and say, in our home, will you be that kind of, will you be that kind of child or in this home, but about more, they get pregnant out of wedlock. I want to impregnate a girl. I will not allow any boy to impregnate me. Will you be that child or I will go to university. I will go to church. Will you be that person? Will you be the rebuilder? God says you will be you will be will you carry a vision from this service of a different kind of family will you will you receive a vision from God to say it's not just enough me being in church and receiving the anointing and being prayed for and worshiping at Grace Bible Church it's not enough for me to write the notes and be in a good environment the reason I'm there The reason I'm there is that God wants me to be a repairer. Sword in one hand, truffle on the other hand. Even if days are dark, I will keep on building. Listen, when you start on this path, the devil is not going to allow you for things to work out well. How you want to do something right? There will be somebody who will criticize you. The devil will fight you tooth and nail. Don't worry about the battle. The battle is the laws and the victory is yours. Keep on building even when things are hard. Keep on building even if you. Keep on building even if nobody supports you. Keep on building even if Keep on building. Don't stop building. You will be the repairer. You will be the repairer. Look at yourself in that family. And say, you know, I am a repairer. That's my name. I'm a repairer. I have to close the wall. She shouldn't have done that. I'm going to take care of this plant that's growing. And I'm going to ask for supernatural power to remove it totally. You will be the repairer. Number two. It means we further rebuild the wall with prayer. The second thing Nehemiah did was that as they were building the wall, he told the people to pray. You must immerse your building project in prayer. The problem is many people start well, Monton Samudimo, Papancha Motile. 
You must actively engage in praying, in prayer, 24-7, 365 and a quarter days. Why? Because many people, you see things working, Mara, you are no longer having the intensity that you used to have when you started. You started committing to prayer, committing to reading the Bible, committing to coming to church. When the results came, you stopped the commitment. So even if there's fruit, the fruit is not because of your current efforts. It's because of what you did yesterday. It's called the law of momentum. Let me explain it to you. Newton's first law of motion is that when an object is at rest, it remains at rest until an outside force is applied. And the force applied must be greater than the forces that keep the object at rest. There are several forces that make this object not to have progress. This is your life. Your life is going in circles. Fra, frustrated, everything, because there are several forces that are actively involved in keeping this bottle in this stationary condition. First is the force of gravity downwards. But there's also other forces that are opposite. It's the force of friction. All right? There's forces from the right, from the left. It remains at rest. So if this is going to move, we have to have outside intervention. You came here, and then you heard Jesus can say <laughs> then you heard you can pray so you applied the force and your life started moving forward oh Jesus but instead of continuing to pray you stopped praying you were moving forward more not because you are praying but you were sustained by the prayers you prayed here once God gave you a breakthrough you stopped praying you stopped reading the Bible you stopped committing not realizing when you stop applying your force your life Nehemiah says if you are going to finish the wall you must apply prayer all the time. Because it's in applying prayer all the time that your life keeps going on and on. But if you pray here and you stop praying and you are relying on your prayers here, even if things are succeeding, they are moving Finally, they will come to a screeching halt because you stopped applying the principle right here. 
So even if Mona, you were moving, you were not moving because you are doing anything. You were moving because of the results of your efforts here. Mara, one day, it's all going to stop because you are not consistent. Yeah. Consistently apply the force of prayer. Apply the force of the word. Apply the force of faith. The force of love. Consistently so that your life keeps moving forward and forward and forward. Because there are outside forces that are trying to stop your success. In the instance here, this is gravity and friction. Moena is principalities and powers. They are arrayed against you. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So keep your commitment of prayer. It's sad for me when I see people who no longer are as committed as they used to be. You know, I was watching, when I go to different places, we invite people, our pastors to come to some of the places where I'm preaching around and some of our people go Kairos, all of them. I saw some of them in the process you know. It saddens me when I see people do that. Because, you know, whatever it's so, they, they are not understanding. You see, for an aeroplane to, to keep flying, I don't know how many of you know, on takeoff, when an aeroplane takes off, when it starts flying, it burns about sometimes almost close to 50% of the fuel on takeoff. It varies. Some of them up to 50%. Imagine, just to be airborne and to reach cruising altitude, it uses 50% of the total amount of fuel. But once it reaches cruising altitude, it uses very little fuel. So when you are starting in your process, it's a lot of hard work. I'm telling you, you, you have to pray, you have to do this. When you are airborne, it's easy. Now here's a problem of some of you. Once you get airborne, you switch the engines off. Listen, even if you have reached cruising altitude and you're flying up there, when you switch the engines off, it's just a matter of time. You're going to go right down where you started. That's why you see Christians crashing out. Well, he puts out what happened. I'll tell you what happened. They stopped the consistency. Tell you never be consistent. And finally, in conclusion, sorry, we'll go over time for 15 minutes today. We need to repair the wall of sound doctrine. Maybe we'll talk about this some other time. Sound doctrine. See, Bazalan, the problem with people is that they allow themselves to be lured into wrong doctrines. And I think this is why we have seen some of these funny things that have happened in our nation doctrinally. Because Satan is hitting the wall and causing a breach and going after doctrine. Doctrine is a defense. Right doctrine is a wall of defense. Let me explain it to you this way. You see, all, how do I say this? 
Let's talk about electricity. Electricity is a blessing. It's a blessing. I mean, right now we have these lights. Lokonomponamo TV. Amen. Mikey was sebeta. You know, sound system ya sebeta. Electricity is a blessing. It's a blessing. But the same electricity that is a blessing has the potential to kill me. Same electricity. So if I go to the wall socket and stick my finger in the, in the what you call it, the same electricity that blesses curses at that time. So it's the same thing. So as long as I use electricity within the confines of what they tell me, as long as I stick to the rules that govern the use of electricity, it will be a blessing. If I decide all those things, then the same electricity the same is true with spiritual things. Correct doctrine is the, is the handbook, the guiding principles of operating in spiritual things without hating yourself. Because in the spirit world, you can access all kinds of powers and influences and anointing. But that doesn't mean it's God. There's one guy years ago came to our, my dad, my late father. And I don't know what discussion they were having. And this guy was so extreme. My dad says, but it depends which moya you are humbling with. He says, it depends which moya is holding you. So watch. When people start going out into excess, and wrong doctrines. What they don't realize is they are opening themselves up to being infiltrated by wrong spirits. See, when they poison animals, in our area, they, they poison dogs. You know even in your area, so don't give me that look. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if you want to poison a dog, you, you, you get a good piece of meat. And you put poison and you throw it over the fence. As a matter of fact, there's more meat than there is poison. But if you had to throw the poison over the fence, the dog would look at the poison and say, Who poison? But you give the dog what it likes, hidden in what looks right. As the dog eats the half doctrine, the half scripture, it's getting poisoned. That's why we must have sound doctrine because sound doctrine builds the bridge, closes the wall. Kenneth Hagin tells a story that shook me to the core. A woman went to a prayer meeting. That's why for me, I'm not one who likes to promote these prayer meetings that are unregulated. Where there's no pastor, there's no senior leader there. It's just people barapel about prophet and the whole night. <laughs> and some of you will adirat and total. 
She went to that kind of prayer meeting. You know, there's these prayer meetings. It's supposed to be a prayer meeting, not a prophesying meeting. I don't know why there's more prophecy in these prayer meetings than there is prayer. La tula ya no. So they prophesied her and then they told her Marakauru, you know, these people they know how to, you know, they know how to speak in a way. Maybe I will be grieving the Holy Spirit. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Who feel intimidated, maybe what if what if? What if? What if Bara? And, and the prophet Sabona didn't lay threat. If was a dumel, then a worse thing will happen to you. Anyone out or hey, they prayed for her ever since they prayed for her from her nose and from her mouth. Saliva and snot started oozing out continuously. She had to have a tissue all the time. Yeah. And she came for prayer. What happened? Ever since You don't ask how do they live? Which church do they what is their doctrine? I remember, you know, you know, I, I play a bit of golf. I'm not good at it, but I just play. We were playing at one golf course, and sometimes outside the golf course is on the outside of the street. Lekraya guys, and they sell them very cheap, you know, and because golf balls are very expensive. So because it's all after all, so you might as well like it cheap. So So one day we were at this golf course, and, and I, I had something I was, we were drinking. There's some good product I had, and I was giving the guys a herbal thing, and I was drinking it. And this guy, he's standing there, and we're about to play. You don't even know Some of you are like that spiritually. How <laughs> you don't ask any questions. About prophet, why man? That's why we must have sound doctrine to know. The Bible says there are many voices in the world, many, but not all of them are God's voice. There are many spiritual influences, not all of them. And I was listening, you know, sometimes I listen to programs where people try to merge these things as though there's no difference. Mommy, may you what's one? You can just move from this and move from this seamlessly. And I'm thinking shame. And some of you are getting sucked in by that. We need the wall of right doctrine and strong doctrine in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, if you're going to give the Lord a hand, give the Lord a big hand. Come on, give the Lord a big hand, somebody. 
Do we have people who are going to build up a wall in this house? Do we have people who have a shovel on one hand and a sword on another hand? Trofolo kamona, a sword kamona. Do we have prayer warriors in this place? Do we have men and women who are not going to allow themselves to stop what they are doing? Because God is moving in our lives. Father, we want to thank you today for your presence. You are a good God. Thank you, Lord. Would you raise your hands and just pray for a while? Shall we stand on our feet, everybody? Will you pray in the Holy Ghost for a while? Hallelujah. Mangre Sekurus. Jeremarabakurababo. As you've been listening to the message, you still have that sense of emptiness, a sense of longing for God to intervene in your life. Though you love God, you go to church, you haven't as yet had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Your life is longing for something you can't describe. You really want God to do things and change things and make things right in your life. Sometimes you find your life and you see your life going in the wrong direction and you don't know how to stop it. I want to invite you today to say, today is the day that God wants to turn your life around. What your heart has been longing for, what your spirit has been yearning for, is for a true relationship with God. For your spirit to connect with God by receiving Christ into your life. You've come here today and, and as you've been listening, the power of God's come on you. And you realize, you know, I really need God to do something in my life. You may not even understand it fully, but you really want to ask God to change your heart, make you a child of God. Take away that sense of being lost, that guilt, that condemnation. Take away that yearning and longing that you don't know how to resolve it. You want to invite Christ to help you to come into a knowledge of God. I want to pray for you. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. If you are that person who says, please pray for me. I need God in my life. I need God desperately. I want God to change me. I want God to transform me. Please pray for me. Would you raise your hand if that's you? I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. All over this place. Raise it up. That's right. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if that's you. I want to ask those of you who raised your hands. I want to pray for you. Because this is a defining day. This is a day of salvation. This is a day where God gives you a new start. If you raised your hand, please will you walk from where you are. Take all your belongings and just walk to the front and come here. Because I want to pray for you. Walk right now as you give them a big hand, everybody. Give them a big hand as they come.